So thank you very much for finding time. Pleasure. To talk my to pleasure. You. I was really looking forward to this. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How thank did you. How did you hear about my work? Uh, well, it started when I came here. So because I live with John Diggins, oh, uh, he spoke a lot about you. Oh, okay. And actually, that was already that was even before you had the second podcast that Joe Rogan's. The Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he didn't tell me there's the first one. You sent it to me. Oh yeah, yeah. But then he about Marsh about, about the corrective parts. mechanism and yes, yeah. yeah. And then when the second one came out, he showed it to me. I listened to it. And I was like, wow. Because for me exposing things and questioning things and just kind of fighting the injustice of fallacy and just wrong thinking is, is very important. So I was like, whoa, this is so awesome. Cool. So I was looking forward. One of the things I wanted to ask is... You can ask me anything you want. Okay, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're an expert in critical thinking. Right, that's, so that's my, my area. Which is incredible. I, I look up at... Uh, critical thinking so much, so to have an expert, it's, it's awesome to be an expert in that. I think part of the problem is that everybody thinks that they think critically. Right. Yeah. Everybody thinks that they're an expert critical mm -hmm. thinker, when in fact it's a little more complicated. How would you describe it? What makes the difference between a layman and a person who's really, who knows their stuff in critical thinking? That's a great question. Attitude. Okay. It's an attitude and a disposition. Somebody who's a good critical thinker is legitimately willing to revise their beliefs about something. Whereas sometimes our moral minds override our rational minds, so we latch on to an idea morally and we think the right thing to do is to believe that, and we're less likely to revise our beliefs if that's the case. Right. So would you say that like, a good critical thinker is one who's able to kind of start with from a blank page, write everything off as soon as he understands that there's a fallacy there, or would that be a definition, or? No, I think a good critical thinker, so this, the American Philosophical Association's Delphi report laid out this whole thing, and it's a skill set and an attitude. Mm -hmm. And the skill set is, in my opinion, far less important than the attitude. Right. So the attitude is like being trustful of reason, yeah. being willing to revise your beliefs, uh, being honest and facing your personal biases, Yes. And most people don't do that. They they become wedded to some identitarian concern, like something to do with their identity or some moral idea, right. and then they just dig themselves deeper into the rabbit hole. They just right. go down and down and down. And then they have to, the, the, the farther they go down the rabbit hole, the more mental gymnastics they have to do to justify the beliefs that they have that are untethered to reality. We right. see that in the martial arts all the time. Right. You know, you need these elaborate yeah. um, rituals and bowing and, you know, sense master and ancient guru and it's all bullshit. You know, it's right. all a way to make up the slack between the evidence that you have for a belief and the belief. And mm -hmm. when the evidence is, you have for belief is out of alignment with the belief, you have to do something to make that up. Right. You get offended, yell at someone, punch somebody, have elaborate rituals set up. You have to do something to make up that slide. Right, right. It could be very elaborate, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One thing that really caught my eye and I resonated with uh, in the paper you sent me, uh, oh, yeah. you, men you mentioned the um, uh, relationship between lack of critical thinking and, and kind of bad mentality or, I, can't, I don't know how to exactly describe it, but, but also you're speaking specifically about martial arts, so to give a simple example, that if there's a lack of critical thinking in a given martial art, that it may eventually lead to a bad character, like a bad, like a flawed person. Would that, is, would that make sense to you? Do you think there's a relationship there, or is that? So if, you, if somebody practices a martial art, 
a fantasy-based martial art. And I don't yeah. have the statistics of how many people practice these in relation to, because certainly MMA has been is ubiquitous yeah. now, and most people know that that that's just more effective. I mean, if you don't right. know that, then you really, right. I don't, you really haven't been paying attention. Or you're just the person down the street who wants to put their kid in a program and you see a school and that's near your house and mm. you make the decision that way. But right. what happens again with that, that theme of mm -hmm. if, if you practice a martial art, most people realize after years of practicing it, if they're honest, if that's the attitude again, if they're honest mm -hmm. and sincere, they realize that what they're doing it won't work. Right. You know all this stuff about throwing, you know, five guys with bats and knives. That's total bullshit, right? Yeah. So when when those folks are honest with themselves, if they decide, they can make it's a choice point. They can decide to forego the nonsense and do something that works, or do nothing at all, or to dig themselves deeper into this belief system that they have that their magic will somehow right. knock the knives out of their hand. But in the price for doing that is you, you become an asshole, mm -hmm. right? You, you become somebody who wields that. Like that itself is a type of attitude because you know that that doesn't work, that it won't achieve what you think it will achieve. Or, or what you, maybe, maybe you just tell other people. Right. Or maybe you have a financial motivation to do it. Right. You have a studio, you have a lot of kids, mm. and so there's an economic motivation to keep that right. going. Right. So it's just a type of sincerity toward oneself, but lying to everybody else. So that's right. possible too. Right. What about a person who believes, still believes that it's legit? Do you think that happens often enough, or you think there people are subcon uh, somewhere inside they know that this is bullshit? Much less so. Now. Okay. Right. Because now we have ways to test those claims, and now right. we know what we know what works. Only five things that works that work. We know what those are, and we know it doesn't work, but. So I want to. Do, I don't have an axe to grind against something that I don't like. If someone thinks you know how keto or what have you is great, and you pair them against a professional MMA guy and it works, then I'll adopt that technique. So I'm right. not. There's no axe to grind against any of this stuff, but it has to be tested, right. and it's the simplest thing in the world to test. It couldn't possibly be any easier. Right. Yeah. But some people don't do that. In my in my experience, like I've been in Aikido for years, yeah. it took me years to get to know that it's bullshit. Yeah. But I still have people coming at me, saying that I'm wrong. I'm saying that right now. I'm publicly saying Aikido doesn't work. There's a and lot of, of people, yeah. right? But a lot of people don't get it. Like so, that bias and is that's, there. That, and that's that's totally fine for them not to right. get it. And so the response is, okay, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Right. Right. So that's the attitude of critical thinking. So mm. you adopt the stance. Well, you know what? Maybe you're right. Okay. Come on in, straight blast gym. Here it is. Right. We'll start you up. You have a technique or whatever you right. you think you can't be taken down. Great. We'll give you five minutes to wrestling coach. We'll see how that works. And if it's right. if you're right, then I'll adopt that. Right. But I'm not wedded to. Hmm. I'm totally open to change my mind, okay. provided the evidence. You provide right. me the evidence, I'll change my mind. Right. And if they resist looking for evidence like if they're well then, like, then as you mentioned like they, then they're not being honest with this because it costs nothing right. five minutes ten minutes five minutes of your time okay. maybe five minutes to get dressed and mm. five minutes so it's you're only talking about maybe gas money but basically it costs nothing it's negligible right and it can be tested and the only reason they wouldn't want to test it is because if they already knew it wouldn't work right there's I no other reason to not test it right right because i think that's like probably like deep inside they know it doesn't work but you mentioned in the beginning of the conversation 
they make these elaborate schemes of, oh, for example, Aikido, it's the art of peace, so we mm. cannot compete, or it's too deadly for MMA, that used to be a big, mm. a big kind of an excuse. So do you think there's, there could be this, do you think there could be this kind of a complex, uh, let's see, structure in their mind created to not admit the truth? Do, do you notice that? In terms it's of the, critical it's thinking? the same with anything. If you put time, right. money, mm -hmm. maybe blood, sweat, and tears into mm. something, the longer you're invested in something, mm. the less likely you are to forgo it and say it doesn't work. Right. But if you really are sincere about loving the truth, right. then that won't be an issue for you. Right. But that's why the component of critical thinking is that you have to start with a, a form of honesty about it. Right. And I would I would say to every single person out there who's not willing to test it that they're not being honest with themselves. Right. And the sooner you can be honest with yourself, the more you can throw away superstition and become an adult. Right. You can let go of fairy tales and, and nonsense. Right. Well that kind of naturally leads to a next question and for including martial arts but also for any person what what should they look for when testing themselves whether they have critical thinking or not? Like if, if a person is not sure if, if the critical thinking is legit, is, is, is up to good standards or not. You mentioned in the beginning some people think, a lot of people think they have good critical thinking, but not oh, everybody that's, does. That's a great question. So, so what, what makes that difference? Uh, how do, how can it took someone... me a quarter of a century to figure out this okay. that I'll give you in 60 seconds. Awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All you need to do is ask yourself one simple question. Mm -hmm. Under what conditions could my belief be false? Okay. That's it. It's the simplest thing in the world. Mm. Under, I'll repeat that. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Under what conditions could my belief be false? So take, for example, martial art. I right. think, you know, grabbing this way mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. Under what conditions am I, am I willing to admit that that's wrong? If mm. the people can't even name the conditions under which it can be wrong, right. then there's a good chance that, that something. Do you have the experience? You know, something's awry in Denmark. Like something's not quite right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So something something's not quite right there. So right. it's it's more than likely at that point that they're holding that belief not on the basis of evidence. Mm. Which is fine. Right. We all hold non beliefs right. on the basis of evidence. But you should be honest with yourself. Right. Say, you know what? I'm. I just. I, I, it makes me happy to think that this works. Right. I'm going to continue thinking that this works, mm. but I'm not going to lie. Well, that would be a lie to myself, but I'm not going to lie. At the very least, okay, let's take a step back. Yeah. So it's called the feasibility. Under what conditions could these beliefs be false? So in the martial arts context, I believe I can, you know, uh, uh, withstand a shoot from a wrestler. Okay, mm. well, under what conditions could that be false? Well, it could be false if we test that with an actual wrestler as opposed to me who never wrestled in my life. If you can name the conditions, then then that's a, a step forward in, a criti in, in critical thinking. And here's one more thing I'll say. Yeah. Even asking yourself that question mm -hmm. can help you. Right. Because most people don't even ask themselves that question. They do exactly the opposite. Right. They say, well, what's the evidence? Well, my evidence is I've trusted five guys in the gym. They've grabbed me and I've thrown them. Right. And then that makes them more confident in their belief. Mm. But if you flip it around and you say, under what conditions could that be false? Right. It creates a, a wedge in your, in cognitively in the way that you formulate your beliefs around a specific mm. thing. Right. Could you give some example, like for like in terms of martial arts, like in terms of what what those conditions could be, like. Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, will you give me a, like a technique that works or something? Or? Mm, let's say a technique which, which is doubtful. 
Uh, what questions would you pose? Like, what would be those like conditions? Ground-based techniques or a fantasy technique? Let's say it's fantasy. Let's say, let's say, if you'd imagine yourself in a place of, well, my, my realm used to be Aikido. You probably yeah. saw a bunch of Aikido videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody grabs, you kind of turn, and That's then the guy totally flies around. Yeah. But, but what would, what, how would that question, like, what, what the conditions would be? Like, what conditions would you say, like, uh, as an example? In that, you'd find somebody who go, comes from a legitimate school with a legitimate pedigree. And you don't have to start with black. You just start with purple belt. You know, right. someone approximately the same weight, roughly. Mm. I don't think gender matters that much. Mm. And then you just say, you know what? I'm going to see if I can thrill you. Mm. So that's the condition under which the belief that if someone grabs me this way, I will toss them in the air could be false. Right. Um, the other component is that you need is what Matt calls aliveness. Right. You know, timing, energy, motion. Yeah. So the person has to be a resisting opponent. Mm. So the person doesn't want you to throw them. Right. So that's a condition under which it could be false. Or nobody could ever get me on the ground. Mm. Okay. So the belief no one could ever get me on the ground, how could that belief be shown to be false? Well, you could ask mm. people who know how to take you to the ground to see if they can take you to right. the ground. And then what you do with everything else is you calibrate the confidence in your belief. Well, I walked into this MMA studio, seven people with black belts tried to take me down, they couldn't take me down. Right. That doesn't mean, there could be any number of a reason for that. It could be a shitty school, mm. right? It, 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 who, who knows, maybe, who knows what the reason could be. Right. That's evidence of something. It doesn't mean the belief is true. It means you have to continue to test and refine it, mm. and you calibrate your confidence in a long way. Well, I right. was 70%. Seven black belts tried to throw me, they couldn't. Now I'm 85%. Now I'm going to go to another school and see what happens. So it's a constant testing of yourself using reality, reality-based right. physics and everything that we have in the world right. to test the beliefs that we have. So in a, in a way you find the places which are most questionable in your, if it's a martial art, you find the places which are most questionable, questionable and then you try to see them if it's, if it's really worth doubting or if it's actually legit kind of would that be one way yeah, yeah well you just you just say under what condition false i believe this works well let's test it and right. we have overwhelming evidence we have literally at this point tens of thousands of videos mm. of people thinking they can throw people and them just getting the shit beaten on that's yeah, so getting bigger <laughs> yeah and i mean so the question would then be this is the follow-up question right let's say that i have this belief, I've generated the conditions under which it could be false, I've tested it, and it turns out that I was wrong. Right. The real question is, am I gonna continue to hold the belief? Mm. Right. That's the interesting question. The easy part is the defeasibility, like mm. under what conditions could be false. The, the more difficult attitudinal part right. is, will I then change my mind? Right. And most people are surprisingly recalcitrant and will not change their mind. Right. Because of time, money, embarrassment, sure. saving face. Yeah, yeah. But if you really want to be an adult and a real man, if you really want to man up, no one uses that expression. <laughs> real adults change mm. their mind in the face of evidence, and they right. say, "You know what? I had this belief. I was wrong about this. I fucked up." To err is human. Right. That's what humanity is. It's a series mm. of making mistakes and being mature enough to admit that I was wrong in those mistakes. Right. And it's humility, right? That, that right. takes a certain humility. It takes for a sure. certain humility for you as a black belt right. to go to the gym sure. as a white belt. Yeah. 
right? And it takes a certain humility for me. I've been doing this a long time, and I still <laughs> suck. For people to toss me around like a rag doll, like John, to just mm. toss me around like a rag doll. Mm. Yeah. Well, so would that be kind of your suggestion, or I would say I'm struggling sometimes with my English. Sorry about that. Uh, kind of your suggestion to fantasy-based martial arts people. Whatever you just said now, would that be your suggestion? Would that be your kind of wish to them that they would? No, my first wish to them is to be honest. Mm -hmm. You have to be honest with yourself. Right. Ask yourself, what am I doing this for? Mm -hmm. And if the sole answer to the question is community, mm -hmm. I'm doing this because I like these guys. It's twice mm -hmm. a week. We go here. We, after we have a few beers, eat pizza. Mm -hmm. Great. Right. Keep doing it. That's right. cool. But if your so, if your answer to that mm -hmm. is well, you know, community is good, but I I, get, I just get a great workout. Yeah. I'm sweating like a dog at the end. Right. So you're honest with yourself. Right. I have no problem with that. You right. know, maybe I, I, if I can keep up, I'd love to participate in that too. You know, mm. I, right. who, who wouldn't want a good workout? Right. But if the response to that question is that engaging in this behavior is going to increase the likelihood that I win a fight, mm -hmm. you're fucking kidding yourself. Yeah. You're living a lie. Mm. So why don't you just be an adult and be honest with yourself yeah. and test it out. Right. But don't bullshit yourself. Who do you think you're hurting when you lie to yourself? Mm. You're not hurting me. You're not hurting those kids over there. You're only hurting yourself. Mm. Yeah. You remind me of, uh, I just recently learned this term, so I may mess, mess it up, but it's mm. kind, of, kind of like a... Uh, like a, I think it's called like a razor in a debate, like certain phrases which you rely on where you can see like, okay, this is getting bull becoming bullshit, I don't need to continue. Occam's razor or something? Yes, there's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think like a few yeah, ones, yeah. a few, but so probably that one. And one of them was if there's, if the other person is not basing their thoughts, arguments on evidence, then it's a no-go. Would you also adapt something like that? Because like in, in, in bullshit martial arts, what I, oftentimes face is people telling me bullshit and then but there's no evidence they're like oh I know because I okay. know so so remember how you asked me what what question you know what do you have to say and I said well then right. they have to ask okay so then you have to ask those people well what, do, what is your condition under which you would revise that belief mm -hmm. and if so this is this is important yeah so they have a few options to, there are only so many things someone can say to that they can say there are no conditions under which my belief would be false. Well, then it's a religious belief. Yeah. They're like a religious fundamentals with this, and that's that. Or they can say, here are the conditions, and then you can test those conditions. Or they can say, you know, I really don't know. Mm -hmm. And then you can work that out together. Well, what about, like, then you could provide it. Well, what about this? Yeah. Well, you know, and you could think it. But the point is that if someone says uh, there is no evidence, then the response to that is, then that belief is not formed on the basis of evidence. Mm -hmm. Because by definition, to form belief on the basis of evidence means, by definition, mm -hmm. that there must be some evidence that comes in that would cause you to revise your beliefs. Right. But if there is no evidence, mm -hmm. then your belief that you can toss around 10 dudes with knives is not based on evidence. Mm -hmm. And you can help someone be honest with themselves and right. say, well, then you really don't believe that on the basis of evidence. Mm -hmm. You don't even need a guy with a... All you really need is like a 12-year-old with heart and give him a magic marker. Yeah. And just see, and then have the other person go topless mm. and then see if they can, you know, 
drew the black marks on the right, right. and they'll just be covered. Yeah. Do you engage yourself in these debates like uh, with both whether martial arts or just regular with people who just don't get it? Does that happen often in your life? I mean, my whole life is that's my whole life, <laughs> every hour of every day. Right. Yeah. So I just I don't know I um. <laughs> is it tiring? Yeah, no, it's, it, it is. It's, I guess it's, uh, you know, I'm 52 and the older I get, the more I realize that it's, we don't really choose the things we believe. Mm. Okay. So, I can give you numerous examples mm -hmm. of that, but even in this country in the last few years, attitudes have shifted dramatically about mm -hmm. a wide range of things. Um, but, the one commonality, like a string through a pearls, is that there'll be some widely held cultural belief, and then more likely than not, because it is a cultural belief, people will latch onto that and believe it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I with the gender you mentioned the Rogan interview, and yeah. James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose and I did this gender studies mm -hmm. project, the grievance studies project, and. Mm -hmm. This is very complicated, but the um, as as Christianity and Islam, the Abrahamic traditions fell. Mm -hmm. Other things, Clay mm -hmm. Rutledge and others have read about this. Have mm -hmm. uh, it, it, like an increase in uh, you know uh, supernatural realm entities populating the supernatural, mm -hmm. and that's increased. Right, and so switching one for the other. Yeah, so people have called that the substitution hypothesis, mm. that we need some kind of a, and James right. Lindsay has written about this in Aerial Magazine, that the default for humans is just belief. We have to mm -hmm. believe crazy shit, you know. <laughs> There's some, Michael Shermer calls it agentcy. There's agents everywhere controlling our fate, Illuminati, right. you know, like there's some secret cabal, the Jews, somebody's out there <laughs> controlling the banks, you know, someone's doing right. something. Um, and then patternicity, and, and Shermer writes about that, we tend to see patterns and things. But the key to be aware of is that as long as you go back to that defeasibility question, you know, under what conditions could this be false? You know, and again, the example culturally is homosexuality. When I was a kid, the worst thing you could be called was a faggot. Yeah. Like that was gold star. Like if you, <laughs> you lived in fear, and you can ask other people 52 sure. if that's the case. Uh -huh. In this country, at least I can't speak for other places. No, it's, uh, my country is behind time, so it's, it's more or less, that is still more or less there, so I can listen. Yeah, okay. So, um, but those beliefs weren't really chosen by anybody. They right. were enforced in society through shame, through yeah. stigma. There were yeah. mechanisms in place to, to keep those beliefs active. And always in your life, kind of, as you go through your life, you talk about critical thinking and martial arts, and it's just, it's just, it's just the same question. And this is really kind of a heresy, but the question is not, well, what's your evidence for that? Mm -hmm. This is, again, what I've discovered after doing this, teaching, teaching mm -hmm. and writing and reading this stuff for a quarter century. I always used to ask people, first question was, what's your evidence for that? I don't do that anymore, total waste of time. In fact, okay. it's the worst thing you could possibly do. <laughs> right. Because the moment you ask somebody for their evidence for something, mm -hmm. this is what I learned from doing New Atheism for such a long time. Everybody believes that they have evidence for the things that they believe. Mm -hmm. Like you could find a Christian or, one, or someone, a Mormon, or whoever, well, Mormons consider themselves Christian or evangelical, mm -hmm. but you could find anybody with any you know, wacky belief 
and you can ask them what they believe and why they believe it, and they'll run down this litany of things, uh, pun intended, and then they'll use that as evidence of what they believe. Mm -hmm. So the things that they said, they're telling you, they're, you're, you're, it's like every time you flip somebody with an Aikido black belt and you're an Aikido black belt, mm -hmm. you become more and more convinced that those techniques work. Mm -hmm. well, I just flipped 10 guys, I went to this gym, and I just flipped those 10 yeah. guys. But that's the wrong way to think about it, mm -hmm. because you trap yourself in a state of delusion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Feynman talks about the easiest person, the physicist Feynman, Feynman the easiest person to fool is yourself. Mm -hmm. And by asking those defeasibility questions first, someone believes they can do something, don't ask somebody what their evidence is. Someone believes guns, immigration, it's totally pointless. They already think they have sufficient evidence to warrant belief. That's why they believe it. Yeah. If, you, nobody will say, well, you know what? There's overwhelming evidence to believe this. I really wish I didn't believe this, uh, but I'm going to believe it in spite of the fact that there's a mountain of evidence against it. You know, I've gone to the gym. I believe that if I did this wrist lock, I've got the shit kicked out of me by 20 blue belts and 15 white belts in a row. I went to another gym, same thing happens. But you know what? I'm going to keep doing that because... Uh, Nobody says that. People don't yeah. live their lives like that. So instead, just immediately go to the question, how could that belief be false? Hmm. What, what, what conditions would have to be in place, even hypothetically, for me to change my opinion about that? Hmm. And if that's your go-to instantly about every question, you'll hmm. dig yourself out of cultural beliefs and kind of cognitive sinkholes hmm. that you wouldn't if you ask the question, what is my evidence for that? Mm -hmm. Because you just convince yourself that the evidence, that the data points you think you have constitute sufficient evidence to warrant belief in something. Mm -hmm. But you're just kidding yourself. Yeah. You're lying to yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the other piece of that, talking a ton, mm -hmm. the other piece of that is that we, we that's Matt's tattoo. Actually, have you seen Matt's tattoo? I saw it, I've never read it. You should mm -hmm. read it. It's a Bertrand Russell quotation. It's basically that we barter our will to believe for our wish to find out. You can read mm -hmm. the actual quotations on, but the mm -hmm. idea is that um, it, 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 you sh it's not about a will to believe something. Mm -hmm. Your wish to find out what's true should always supersede your will to believe. Right. So, in fancy terms, your epistemology shouldn't become for anything else. You should always right. ask yourself, how do I know this, and under what conditions could that be false? Right. It's a simple, it couldn't possibly be any simpler. It doesn't cost, it doesn't even take 15 seconds. You can literally say, okay, well, how do, under what conditions am I willing to uh, admit that, that this belief could be, uh, th that I could be believing something in error? Mm -hmm. Well, there are no conditions. Okay, well, then you don't believe in the base of evidence. You just choose to believe it for whatever other reason. Mm. Which is fine, but just be honest with yourself about it. Right. Mm. Those debates, do you think... How, how useful do you think they are for the other person or for the whole? Like, because I, that's something I'm thinking about myself, too. It's like a lot of people are criticizing me. Believers, like, like fantasy-based martial arts believers, they criticize me. And I sometimes question, is it worth it? Should I debate with them? Or is it better sometimes to just let them believe their own stuff? They criticize you on the basis of what? For what? 
I say that, for example, Hero doesn't work. They they say they have uh, ten different reasons. Uh, well, give me silly. one. Give me three. What are the top three or the top five? Give me well, three. Uh, let's say jiu-jitsu. They compare it to jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is a sport. It's not self-defense, for example. Okay. Um, what else is there? Uh, okay, that so I feel, but that's tested. Right. You can test that. Right, but they don't. Okay, that's so. tested. Okay, so the failure, that the fact that they don't, they shouldn't be mad at you. They should say, I'm not being honest with myself. What's the second reason? That it's me, that's my Aikido sucks. It's not Aikido that sucks, although I did it for like, you know. Okay, well then they can test their own Aikido. Again, right. so we got two two questions that comes back to them testing it. What's the third reason? Um, that it only works in the street. It's not meant to work against a professional fighter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's like, you know, that's their excuse to not go to a jiu-jitsu gym or to an MMA gym and to test it. They're like, oh, so it works. Pe so pe people, let me just want to make this clear. Yeah, sure. So pe people are upset with you, right? Yeah. So do you know Plato's Republic? Have you heard of Plato's Republic? No. So Plato was a... I know Plato. You know Plato? He, yeah. And Socrates was a character in Plato's Socrates yeah. or I don't know. Yeah, well, and mm, more yeah. or less. So I he has this thing called an allegory of the cave. You yeah. familiar with that? Sounds familiar, but I need okay, to It's a huge vision. thing to unpack, but it's yeah. a pivotal thought in, in uh, the history of the Western intellectual tradition. Basically, Socrates describes a situation, an allegory, in which he's looking at the wall of a cave along with other people who are in prison, and behind them is a fire casting images, you know, like... Mm. a bear or whatever mm -hmm. and the people look at the images in the wall mm. and they think that they're real mm. and they do this their whole lives yeah. now this is an allegory right sure so yeah the people in the cave are us mm -hmm. like we're walking flat and we think that these things are real but they're just shadows mm. of, a, of a deeper reality of things that aren't true but it's very interesting that in the book seven of the republic book eight the allegory of the cave Plato says that Socrates basically escapes the cave and he decides that he's going to go back into the cave. To talk to people? To talk to people, to try to free the other prisoners. Yeah. And he's very clear, he says if they could kill him, they would. I mean, eventually they kind of do. <laughs> yeah, eventually they do. Yeah. If they could kill him, they would. So, of course, people aren't going to be happy with you. Mm -hmm. Because you've, you've said shadows, these are just shadows, these aren't. And you've provided them with a way to figure out that they're shadows. Right. Yeah. So think about the intense dishonesty of somebody. Sure. The intense dishonesty. Yeah. To hold on to the belief that they can toss people around like a rag doll, toss a resisting opponent around. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, at some point... I'm not going to say they need psychiatric help, but no, but I mean, <laughs> some it's, them it, it, at some point there may be mental health issues for people True. who hold these beliefs. Yeah, yeah. True. Because, think about this, because it really does take a certain sort of person mm -hmm. who will tap so many times after so many years. And many people who still do fantasy-based martial arts are simply not willing to undergo that. You know, like when Matt is on top of you, I mean, it is just... Have you rolled with Matt? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like when someone is just sucking the breath and the life right. out of you, and you're just trying to hold on for dear life. Uh, 
it takes a certain kind of person to not tap under that. Mm. And maybe a lot of the folks who still continue to practice this simply don't have that disposition. Mm. Right, yeah. Would you say it's worth debating with them, nevertheless? Or you think it's uh, there's a line where you're like, this is not worth it? Because sometimes it's exhausting, but it doesn't go far. I think if you want to help humanity, mm. then yeah. I okay. mean, I think what you're doing is a valuable service. Okay. So it's, it's worth engaging rather than... I guess, you know, the what, what else would, so there's an opportunity cost. What else would you be doing? There's a question of how enraged will they be at you, <laughs> right? So deal with that. Shoot. <laughs> so the good thing is, in that case, they, they, has anybody attacked you no. in real life? Okay, not so yet. Then, yeah, so, <laughs> so then either yet. either they're not so, so enraged, or they right. know it in their heart that what they're doing is bullshit, True. and they won't attack right. you anyway. So that's an advantage. Right. Um, but if if there is always a value in you know, the word iconoclast, breaking icons. But there's always a value in going back into the cave and showing people, hey, look, right. you believe this stuff that's not true, provided the person who goes back into the cave is willing to reconsider their beliefs. Right. And as long as you're willing to reconsider your beliefs, right. as long as somebody says to you, hey, man, I can fucking toss, you know, I'm going right. to, I'm going to, the first thing you should say is not, the first right. thing you say is, cool, awesome, let's test that. Yeah. And if and if you've got something cool that I don't know about that it yeah. works, I'm going to put it in my game. Sure. So, sure. thank you for teaching me that. Right. Thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. So not that's bullshit that won't work, but right. great, Maybe, yeah. fantastic. Let's test that out. Let's right. see. And, and and I'd love to learn from you if that works. Right. But the testing has to happen. Well, yeah. Or if it doesn't happen, why should you believe anybody? Sure. There's no. It's just make believe land. For sure. I think it's a little bit of a silly question, but I actually asked Matt that uh, a while ago, and I'm very curious about your opinion. Uh, do you think there will ever come a day where the majority of people will be good critical thinkers rather than the opposite? Because these days sometimes it looks like it's the opposite, like critical thinking is rare, like good critical thinking. Do you think that tipping point will ever happen, or what, what's your perspective about that? That's a very interesting and difficult question. Um, I think that we all, from evolution, have we're predisposed to have biases in the way mm -hmm. we think about something. And Steven Pinker, the Harvard psychologist, talks about um, people act in some way because they're too morally motivated. And the mm -hmm. NYU's uh, professor of sociology, Jonathan Haidt, and the righteous mind says that morality binds and blinds. Mm. Morality binds and blinds. And the problem in a lot of critical thinking is that there are moral dimensions to these things. And as long as those moral dimensions... So think, think about it like this. Plato, Plato talks about a chariot. You know the word chariot? Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> so it's like there's a horse, a lead horse, and yeah. then other horses on the chariot. Desire, appetitive stuff. As long as reason is the lead horse in the chariot, mm. you're fine. Right. Right. So you want to make a decision, just make sure that take everything, emotions, feelings, also take everything into account. But just make sure that reason is 
is leading you. And that, again, is where those questions of how could my belief be wrong, right. that's how you keep yourself in check. Right. right. Yeah. So reason is the main force in the chariot. The problem is that we live in cultures that have different ideologies that are ascendant and descendant, different moralities, and we have all these competing ideas, especially with this in this global era of globalization and instantaneous technology, that make it incredibly difficult for us to overcome or even keep those biological impulses in check. Mm -hmm. Now we can go online and we can just Google anything we want to find and use that as a data point. Like, look, this is evidence for this, or this is evidence for this. Although increasingly, by the way, in Aikido and mixed martial arts, it's becoming more difficult to find anything that mm. feeds the belief that if you do Aikido, you're going to beat an MMA guy. Sure, like, yeah, it's, it's So to answer your question directly, I don't, I don't think so. I think, as Martin Luther King said and Michael Shermer said, the moral arc does bend towards justice. Mm -hmm. I think things are getting better. Right. Um, but whether or not, I don't, I don't, whether or not we'll all be this kind of ideal critical thinker, I, I doubt it. Um, I doubt it, but I will say I think that the mechanisms, the tools that we have now for figuring out what's true and false are far better than they were before, but right. the amount of the number of people who have megaphones and the fake news, the disinformation is far greater. But that should call us to act, to place more importance on critical thinking, not less importance. So to answer your question directly, uh, I don't know the answer to your question. My thinking would be probably not. That kind of reminds me though of that phrase, whether it's Einstein or someone else, that if I don't know where the world would be if not for those few good people who are doing something good for it. Yeah. So it's kind of reminding that there's always going to be evil, but if nobody does anything, then we're fucked. Yeah. So I guess it's a little bit like that too. It's like there's never going to be a point where everyone is going to become a good critical thinker, but but there has to be someone who's doing that. Otherwise, we're screwed. Would yeah, we can like we can become we can approximate that. Like we can mm. keep getting closer and closer. But right in my judgment you can take this for what it's worth that the morality binds and blind it's jonathan Hyde again it's mm. the reason that we're not capable of thinking more critically and more clearly about something is almost always one of two things is operative there's either a moral concern or an identitarian concern and they can be both you know the trans issue is a great example of that right. race and iq is a great example all the things we can't talk about the litany is long you know peter singer's example of what do we do with people who have IQs under 25. I mean, these are very, very complicated questions. And what we see now is the emergence of ideologues who with total certainty are completely convinced they have the answers to these moral questions. They couldn't possibly have the answers to moral questions because they can't present the feasibility conditions. They can't tell you how their beliefs could be wrong. Mm -hmm. So how could they possibly... They're just uh, morally motivated ideologues. But it's very difficult when we're all swimming in this pond now and it's so polarized. Mm -hmm. And one more thing, you know, James, James Lindsay says that we, each side views the other side not only as bad, but as an existential polarization. Like, mm -hmm. a, the, the, that if these people ascend, somehow that's a threat to our very existence. Mm -hmm. So that complicates critical thinking because you're then tossed into this soup in which we can't have conversations, everybody's 
walking on eggshells or certain things you just can't discuss. Uh, you know, and I find that happening to my there are just certain things I'm just simply not gonna tweet or not gonna wade into. Right. I mean why would I bother? I got so many people who hate me already, which the yeah, point yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Do I wanna add like an, an extra, you know, twenty thousand in some fringe community, you know? Yeah. But that's the good thing about martial arts is because it's mm-hmm. so simple to test. True. It's so easy. Whereas figuring out complicated moral questions about migrant caravans or immigration, right. or, those things are much more difficult. Right. For sure. But it sounds like in your book it's worth doing. I mean, it's your job, <laughs> it's your profession, but it's worth doing it. Yeah. Pushing the critical thinking, pushing evidence based thinking. To the majority. Yeah, as long as you're cognizant of the fact that, that people will hate you, yeah. That's kind of the price. Yeah, and 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 it, it's becoming increasingly nasty, you know. I mean yeah. if you really as the, you rise up like Neil deGrasse sure. Tyson or, and then all these women say mm-hmm. you know, the the more your fame or popularity or followers or subscribers or however, yeah, yeah, the yeah. more that grows, the more People will use whatever the zeitgeist is, the Me Too movement, I got a date with this guy, he raped me, or the more likely that those occurrences are. Right. You know, I had a meeting with this guy, or just watch this, I was just watching a series in the newsroom, a wonderful series. Um, I liked it anyway. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, there's a, a good, have you seen the series? Which one? The Newsroom. It was on HBO. No, what is it? It's about a newsroom, and it, it took place a few years ago and it was predated so it's from you know I think uh, the early 2000s and it's a it's a, it's a very snappy witty dialogue of people who run a newsroom and their public perception of the media and how they're viewed and what ratings are but the point the bottom line okay. if you haven't seen the example yeah. will be lost but the bottom line is that anytime you want to engage a controversial issue um, you have to know that there's a price to be paid. Right. And now people can anonymously accuse you of anything or they can, you know, there are prices mm-hmm. to be paid because people don't like their sacred, sacred beliefs, you know, uh, right. with the in italics, their sacred beliefs to be criticized. Sure. And you're the guy walking in the cave pointing to the shadows and saying these are shadows. Right. So it depends what kind of life you want to lead, you know. Right. Yeah. The very last question to make sure we put into time. Improving critical thinking, what would be the suggestion for anyone? Uh, ask method. yourself under what conditions could these be false, disbelief be false, be honest with yourself. That's the first thing. The second thing is don't hang out with only people who hold the beliefs that you hold. Listen to alternative, quote unquote, you know, listen to. Um, I follow people on my Twitter feed who are conservative, who are liberal, who hold different beliefs, many of whom are friends of mine, so I follow out of a mm-hmm. obligation or because I just like them. Yeah. Uh, so find people who have different thoughts, find friends who have different thoughts. Be honest with yourself would be the third thing. Uh, anytime lying to yourself is particularly toxic. Lying to other people is one thing, but lying to yourself mm-hmm. is... A, I mean, you, you're doing it, it's, it's a manual question. it's a form of injustice towards yourself. And I think people can be unjust towards themselves. Yeah. And then the fourth thing is you just want to always, um, couple with that honesty and sincerity, is you, you just, you don't want to assume that the person with whom you're speaking has bad intentions. Mm. And we do that so much in our yeah. culture. We just assume the other person's an asshole. Right. Well, he voted for Trump, he's a racist. Well, actually, no. <laughs> You, you voted for Clinton, she's a, you know, whatever. Um, right. But just 
really start with the assumption that the person with whom you're speaking is not an asshole. Mm. And that yeah. one little act of charity will go a long way in communications. Yeah. And it's kind of like the, the seven habits of highly effective people. Seek first to be under, to seek first to understand, then be understood. Mm. Like really try to understand yeah. and then ask questions. It's called Rappaport's rules. Like, mm. is this what you mean? I just did this today. I just this is my wife. Like, she said something. It's like, you know, we have a little dispute. Is this what you mean? Is this what you mean? Like, and she will really try to understand and you know, rephrase what it is that they said to you in a way that they, it's Dan Dennett, the philosopher says, it's so clear. I wish I had expressed it that way. And when you do that, that builds a lot of charity and goodwill. And it's very difficult to assume ill intent after you do that. Mm, yeah. That's what I was for. Cool. Well, that wraps up my, my questions. Would you like to make a summary, like a short summary of like what's the main, what will be your main message? The main message is be honest with yourself, ask yourself how your beliefs could be wrong, mm -hmm. be willing in the, in the realm of martial arts, be willing to test those. Right. Don't do any bullshit like, oh, this is too deadly. You know it's not too deadly. <laughs> That's bullshit. That's a way to be dishonest with yourself. Don't right. be dishonest with yourself. And again, maybe you just there's some. Maybe you're just some. You have you know a lot of people have claustrophobia. They just can't deal. With, that's fine. Just be honest with yourself. About it. Don't lie to yourself. I have claustrophobia. I'm, another dude on top of me creeps me out. I just mm -hmm. can't do it. Great. Thank yeah, you. Honest. You're honest yeah. with yourself. Right. But the main deliverable is always ask yourself that question: How could my belief be wrong? And if it's shown wrong, am I willing to change my mind about it? Cool. Perfect. Cool. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.